0: It's episode 304 of Crack the Customer Code. And you know what that means. Absolutely nothing. Uh,
1: gee, I think we need to get a little more transparency on this podcast.
2: Uh, it's hard to do that with audio, isn't it? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I'm not talking like that kind of transparency. I just meant that, you know, I've, I've sent in a, a complaint pretty much every month uh, since we've been tracking it about, uh, you know, everything to do with the podcast, and I don't think you've been uh, very transparent about those results.
2: And who have you been <laughs> sending those complaints to?
1: I never complain, Jeannie. I'm kidding. Of course, you're wonderful. It's fantastic. You just
2: publicly whine. <laughs> <laughs> publicly whine.
1: <laughs> Wh- whining. <laughs>
2: what I, I wonder if there's a, a website somewhere, whining.com, where you can just like, you know, Kvetch.
1: That would be fun. <laughs> I literally don't think I've ever whined in my life. <laughs> I've done other variations, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know what's cool? You know who's not whining? Let me tell you who's not whining. The employees of CJ Advertising. How true. Because, holy moly, we've got Arnie Malam on the show. And man, the stuff they're doing with culture is just incredible, man. This was such a cool episode. And I think some of it's just going to really blow people away. I mean, some of it blew me away. I was like, wow, you are actually doing that. That is, I mean, that's, it's a bold, you know, a lot of what they're doing is really a bold move.
2: Yeah. You know, we've talked about culture before we've talked about some cool ideas and I think it's always so inspiring to hear what leaders like Arnie are doing to really make sure their employees are not just happy, but they feel valued that their families are involved all sorts of really cool ideas came out and i just love his kind of energy you know <laughs> he's just this he's not trying to manufacture anything he really believes in this he's really about making things work for employees because it makes everyone happier and to your point about transparency i think their level of transparency is is both interesting and it's a it's a winner. Like if more people took his approach to transparency, they would understand that engaging with those who complain are, it's the right way to go.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a good episode to start the new year off with because full transparency, it is 2018, Jeannie. Oof. How did we get here? How did this happen? I
2: don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Our Our
1: millennial listeners are like, what, what's the problem it's just a new year <laughs> we're like oh my god how did this happen
2: 2018 <laughs> what,
1: what? Where, huh. how did it sneak up on us
2: i know <laughs> i just got writing i just got used to writing 2000 on my paper checks <laughs> right
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, well, this is a good uh, inaugural, is that right? No, that would not be really right. Yeah. Uh, like,
2: well, inaugural of.
1: for the year, yes. Yeah, so it's a good <laughs> kick the new year off episode. So I tell you what, why don't we hear a little bit about Arnie and get cranking.
2: Excellent. Well, without a clue as to how to run a company, Arnie Malum repeatedly got it wrong when it came to hiring, firing, and everything else related to building a business. Malam then stumbled upon a bold culture-first approach that gave his fledgling company the momentum it needed to become a success. By putting culture first, CJ Advertising grew to become the largest full-service brand-building agency in the country, exclusively for law firms. Malam has since leveraged his cutting-edge culture to launch two other successful businesses, Legal Intake Professionals and BetterBookClub.com. Hey, Arnie. We're so happy to have you here.
0: Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Fun
1: times. All right, Arnie. Glad to have you. And I have now had the opportunity to see you speak twice. And it was both times we were at the Secret Service Summit. And in both presentations, you spoke about culture. And what was fascinating to me was seeing that incredible growth and innovation that occurred because I saw you speak, you know, it was a few years apart between the two. So let's start with where it all began. What got you focused on culture and how did the camel culture
2: come
0: about? Those are, those are big, furry large questions. Uh, and so I'm going to narrow in on uh, culture has always been part of my organization. It's always been part of your organization. The question is, is it the culture by design or by default? And we've, we've heard those words before. But um, for us, the culture was a, a young entrepreneur trying to start his business, um, swore I'd have a business unlike anybody else's. You know, we start our own businesses because we don't like the way the system works. And then we go out and we create the system, and and it it's stress and it's all the things that go along with it. And you realize you're <laughs> yelling at your team, you're you're pushing them from behind, you don't understand why they aren't their desk, you, you're asking them the wrong questions, and you're leading them in the wrong way because you're trying to be a good entrepreneur. And so I was running my business that way, uh, and and but in, in falling into success, we all fall into some success, uh, but it wasn't flowing, it wasn't good, and. and One day we hired John DeJulius to speak to uh, our clients about their uh, customer service. And John DeJulius in speaking to them reminded them that um, culture follows leadership, that that's just how it works. And it dawned on me that if I didn't have the culture I wanted and dreamed about, it's because of me, not them. And and thus was born a, a, a artful, purposeful, challenge to build a culture that i wanted that was also good for my team and good for my clients and that was camel culture.
2: Hmm. I love that because i think we're all entrepreneurs here and sometimes you don't realize you're going out and creating to your word the the system <laughs> the yeah. until it's a little too late. So it's a good thing to be aware of and yeah.
0: I've got a name for that system, by the way. It's the "I'll give you something to cry about" system. <laughs> like that's the default method. It happens with our kids sometimes, right? It happens, and 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 when we're dealing with people that we think we have power over, and if mm-hmm. the fault is, I, you know, I, you don't like that. Let me tell you, this is what's going to happen now, right? <laughs> no watches for anybody, right? And you get into that mode because of the stress, and and so you have to build. Pro- we found we had to build processes that made sure we defaulted to what we wanted and not what stress brought along uh, in the business. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for parenting as well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so one of the things that you innovated early on that I thought was just such an awesome idea um, it's you started paying your team to read books and so I'm wondering, can you tell us about that program, and really, what inspired you to do that, and and what do you think the impact was uh, by well, by encouraging that? And it
0: is thing? right. Impact was, and, and more importantly, mm-hmm. is because it's a it's a it's a compound effect uh, that happens when when you can get someone who who thinks of reading as a chore, thinks of reading as something they had to do in school, but they don't want to do anymore, to get them to open one business book that turns into four. It's it's game changing mm-hmm. for not just your business, but for them individually, which which is one and the same. If as you grow your company, so but all the way back, uh, same answer is I fell into a situation where I read business books because I had no I realized I had no idea what I was doing, and so I would read to finally figure out how to how to take certain steps in business, and I would put them on the shelf because after I read it, I wanted to wanted a trophy case of things I'd read and I wanted to be reminded, and the shelf grew, and at one point my wife said, you know. <laughs> This is a great collection of books, but can you move them out of my house? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? Well, they're taking up the space.
2: Love you, but I want
0: to put something else here, and you know, this is just not—you know—I don't want this. And I said, okay, all right, I'll take them to work, uh, and and we'll put them on the shelf there, where other people will read the books I've read, and once they've done that, then we can have common stories, common tales. We can we can talk about concepts that we've both read about. It'll be great. I took my books, my, my 50 or 60 books, and I put them on the shelf and I said, Hey, every team of 25 or 30 people. And I said, Hey, feel free. They're my books, but borrow them, read them anytime. Um, and of course, no one even touched the books. Right. That wasn't something that Mm -hmm. it was going to happen. And that frustrated me and looking for a way to, to unfrustrate myself. I came up with this concept I said, Hey, if you, I went and wrote numbers inside the front covers, 25, 50, 75, or a hundred, and said, look, if you'll read the books, I'll pay you this much money. It was just a really informal, uh, kind of something to say and slowly, but surely some early adapters said, yeah, I could use an extra hundred bucks and they read the books. And once they read one, they said, Hmm. hey, that was actually interesting. You are telling me you're going to keep paying us? And I said, yeah, well, this is an ongoing concept. And so the books on the shelf grew. The number of people reading them grew. Uh, It turned into a real um, sort of winning formula, if you will. From there, we developed a platform to keep up with who read what and if, if they got paid and what they thought about the book. And from there, we developed an, an own what is now betterbookclub.com, which is an actual platform that any company, group, or family can use to do the same concept, recognize and reward reading within a group that allows you to see what others are reading, what they think about it, and uh and and what the connections are.
2: Wow, that's so cool. And you know, um, it reminds me of you know i'm a chicago fan of all our sports teams and when phil jackson started coaching the bulls one of the first things he did was give players individual players books that he thought they would like yeah and it was on everything from you know buddhism to how to um handle stress and just things outside of their normal kind of world and a lot of the players have said that's that's something that really impacted them. And I know my husband, who's a Detroit Pistons fan, will now start, you know, saying that was stupid, but <laughs> I think it was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They they needed a but they needed a book for the bulls that was like here's how to here's how to handle your psyche when your teammate is the greatest
0: player ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> we, we all we love sharing experiences. Our our whole every relationship is a collection of experiences. And and me and you reading the same book is an experience. And 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 once you read a book and absorb it, it becomes part of who you are. It's impossible for it not to. Even if you don't remember the exactness of the book, the concepts of a good book will stick the other The other side of this is that that if someone if I pay someone hundred dollars to read outliers and they and they get those concepts and they become a Malcolm Gladwell fan and they understand that an outlier can help you know solve a puzzle that you couldn't solve before any if you can get the concept in at the cost of one hundred dollars, the value of that versus sending someone to a conference airline hotel conference fees, mm-hmm. materials, dinners, drinks, which then erases. 48, 84% of the stuff they learned. <laughs> <laughs> then they come back and ask them a year later what they learned at the conference and it's staggering. For $100, I get a concept that probably lasts a lifetime. And for you know $4,264, I get something that maybe they remember for six months. Now that's harsh on mm-hmm. conferences, but it's big on books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, but it's amazing because if you, I mean, people, you know, you see on Amazon, you, you're an author, I'm an author. I mean, if you, if you write a book, you see the reviews like, I can't believe I paid like $14.95 for this. <laughs> I only learned six things. <laughs> like if you learn if you learn one thing that you actually yeah. use, right? I mean, and so, yeah, it's a great, that's, I mean, I love it. And I love that you're actually using the system. You've you, you've sort of codified the system where you're offering it to other companies, which is just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And now on a personal note, I do want to say, I, I did promise to send you a couple of books for the library um, there at CJ. Once you receive them, do me a favor and never tell me what dollar <laughs> value you
0: put inside of them. <laughs> never, never tell me. Just, just accept them as my own. You know, we, we have, we're fortunate. We have, uh, we have but, companies all over the world, literally 37 different countries, 47 different states across the U.S. that use the system. And, and and folks get called up and, well, what if they read the wrong books? Well, what if I put the wrong value in? Well, it doesn't matter. Getting books absorbed by your people only helps them think and help your business. And, and we love headlines, right? Company pays uh, employees to read. That's a headline. Uh, company, we've paid out $130,000 to employees over the last eight or nine years for them to read books. Like, that's a great headline. Love it. It's in our. It's in a big poster when you we recruit people. We show up that. It's huge per person. It's almost an embarrassing number. Like, it's 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 so it's so <laughs> small. So it it can serve both sides, but but it's a small investment in your team that will grow them larger than a, than a lot of money that's wasted.
1: Amazing. And yeah, it really fits a pattern, which I want to, I want to segue here because it fits a pattern of investing in your people. And one of the ways I know you do that is that uh, you use recognition and it's a huge part of the culture at CJ. So I don't want to spoil the surprise. Tell us about some of the ways you're not only recognizing employees, but helping them recognize each other.
0: Well, that, that, that the last recognizing each other, the key three words that, that management can rain down recognition. I just came from a meeting and we're talking about how we're going to, you know, nominate and elect the employee of the year that and, and how we do monthly employee of the month recognitions and and raise it we, we do a lot of stuff from a management side but from a peer-to-peer uh, recognition nothing means more I think to team members than their team recognizing them and in a very simple approach it's free it's easy anyone can do it new team members are given 20 blank thank you cards when they when the on their first day. And that, that is a stock of cards we keep plentiful and are constantly distributed. Your job is to distribute those cards. When someone does something that helps you be a better person, helps this company, helps our client, thank them for it. And, and give your teammate a thank you, a rock, a way to go. And that concept then spreads throughout the building. We believe that, that, that to be a part of our organization, you have to believe that everyone around you is here to make you better. And therefore, you have to be here to help everyone around you be better. And recognizing when they do things to help move the ball forward is the number one way we do that. And as they exchange those cards, as they are recognized by their peers, those are the recognitions that end up in their cube, in their office, and at their desk. Those are the ones they show their family. Those are the ones that go on social media. How they help each, how they recognize each other is, is one of the best parts of camel culture. Mm,
2: I love that. I love that. I worked uh, at a place where we would give the uh, we would get gold records out, yeah, <laughs> and like put their name on it, like as if they had a gold record, as just a way to say thank you. And uh, it was amazing how years and years later, people still tell me they have those up in their office. Yeah. So it's pretty cool.
0: One, one of the uh, one of the in my book, I stress a lot. Like every culture is different. Gold records. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's a there's we I have a client that uh, puts. They give someone a, a, a recognition picture, like this, this picture of mm-hmm. words that, that sits on that person's desk for a month because they did certain things right. What, there just has to be a system, a process, a repeatable opportunity to recognize your people. It doesn't matter what it is. There's no wrong way to do it. Just get it done.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so you say all this about recognition, and yet I've heard you have a no birthday rule or you talk about a no birthday rule. So so what is that about?
0: Uh, it you know, I'll, it perfect segue. Okay, so yes there's birthdays, <laughs> we we love birthdays and, and we do some really cool things around birthdays. We have a no birthday cake rule. And that that's the oh, one word we left out. We have a no birthday cake rule because when we were a team of 20 or 30 uh, when we were a team of 6 or 7 and it was someone's birthday, of course there was a cake and we all sang, we made a big deal and we embarrassed them. And then we got to, you know, 15 or 16 people and it got kind of problematic. And then we got to 35 people and it's like, I'm singing happy blanking birthday every four days. (laughs) And so it's like, I like, we got to come up with a better solution. And so now, you know, we, at our peak, we were 220 people, which makes singing Mm -hmm. every birthday to everyone fairly on the workday with the right group is impossible. So we went to a Mm -hmm. different formula. We send every individual to their home a nice birthday card with a gift certificate for 50 bucks. And it says, hey, do something to celebrate your birthday. We're, we're behind you 100%. And that's easy enough. We also mm-hmm. send their spouse a birthday card on their birthday with a $50 gift certificate that says, hey, enjoy your birthday, courtesy of your spouse's uh, employer. We oh, that's also cool. send... gift cards to their kids under 18 or under with a note that says, we love having your parent as a part of our camel culture. Go enjoy your birthday. Now for average size family, four people for 150 bucks, we win the family, right? They open the card Mm -hmm. at home. They get it in the mail. It is a positive experience to talk about where mama, mommy or daddy works and why they recognize them. And it is a conversation that pays huge dividends. And so we want positive conversations about what happens at work in the home. We want them to look forward to their parents being a part of our culture, because we certainly want to be a part of their family. And and so we have exchanged birthday cakes and singing happy birthday for a personal experience hmm. in the home with their family. That's I amazing. Can
2: see, I can see why that would win the family.
0: One of the thank you notes know, I got from a from a and you know we love getting thank you notes because it, it's pats on the backs for our own ego of things we're, we might be doing right. But one was from a a, a spouse that said, "Hey, thanks for employing so and so." It was a she said she finally, uh, in, in the first time in 20 years, she doesn't bitch about work anymore. Like, and that's that's redeeming, right? Like, I appreciate him recognizing us for a good culture. I appreciate him recognizing the fact that we recognize him. Like, it, it it it's a circle. Of appreciation that is a positive one, as opposed to that place sucks, they never do anything for you. I agree with you, they're terrible. Like it's a negative spin that you can't overcome.
1: Right. And, you know, it's what I think is really interesting because, and Ginny and I've talked about this before on the podcast, we just see, and I saw it so much in retail, it's just that penny wise, dollar foolish approach to, you know, customers for on the one hand, but employees and to culture and to, you know, what does that really cost you? <laughs> what, what, you know, how, how much turnover have you prevented? How much dissatisfaction have you alleviated by investing in your people like this? And that's what I think that's, you know, when I saw you speak, that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show to, to show how you can execute against these ideas.
0: And, and to prevent uh, uh, disgruntled employee terrorism, uh, which which they will affect on you if they're not happy they'll do it in 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 subconscious ways and in conscious ways to to, to ruin your physical plant uh, they will poison other team members and and they will absolutely disrupt your customers um, and and bad cultures get what they deserve which is typically not a very long business life. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that on the quotables. <laughs> 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 well, cool.
1: Well, one of the things that was super interesting and. I, Yeah, I think this is like the hard, this is hard for me a little bit to even like absorb. Uh, We've had a lot of discussions on the podcast about transparency, when it's appropriate, what level, so on. And you've just taken transparency like next level. Uh, And it's like an integral part of your culture. So I want to tell us about your employee morale survey, survey, excuse me, and in particular, how you're exposing them not only to your entire team, but to your clients, which I thought was just
0: mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, you know, for years and years and years, we've been asking one simple question every month to our team. Hey, on a scale from one to 10 where 10 the best possible place you can work. And one's the worst. How do you feel about our culture right now? It's a, it's a number numerical score of one through 10. And then there's a box under that. And it says, based on your score, what are we doing right? Or what can we do better? It's a comment box. It's optional and it's anonymous. The whole thing is anonymous. Uh, that we get a score every month that tells us how we're doing and we also get comments that tell us what we're doing right and we get comments telling us what we could do better. We read as a leadership group, not alone, not not behind a closed door, but in a leadership group we read every comment and we respond appropriately appropriately to every comment. It's typically something when it's when it's something negative, we've done something wrong and we got to figure out how to correct it. It is never re- Almost never. the 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 team's fault. It's our fault because we didn't communicate it. We didn't think we didn't think about it right. We forgot about something, and so it's their way of holding us accountable to to a culture that rocks. Uh, we then respond. We take every comment and we take every response and we then email it back to the entire team so everyone can read what everyone else said, good or bad, and everyone can read our response. To the issue or thank you for the compliment. We then post every one of those online on our website so that anyone looking at us as a place they might want to have a career can actually read about our real culture as opposed to one that might be found online somewhere else.
2: That's amazing and so smart in today's world because, to your point at the end there, you know, reviews and workplace discussions and things like that sure. they if they're happening elsewhere you have no control over your reply or perception but doing it there right. you're engaging with it and even if they don't like the answer they see you doing that they see you engaging there it's really really the, clever
0: one of my most one of my favorite excuses for not doing this is that people say i can't do that i'm scared of what they'll say Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite, like, <laughs> they're saying it. Yeah. You just don't know they're saying it. <laughs> they're saying it at the water cooler in the parking lot, behind. you know, hush, hush in the queue behind, they're saying it. You yeah. gotta pull it out in the open so you can, we believe we have to pull it out in the open, address it, and then be accountable to it. That's how serious we are about a culture that absolutely rocks. And, and let me remind everyone, we, we are not, we're an ad agency, right? And that's so cool. We're an ad agency for lawyers, and that's a little less cool. We're an <laughs> ad agency for personal injury lawyers—the ones you see on TV. Hopefully, the ones you think better of than others. But we're still advertising for personal injury lawyers, and it's hard to attract talent. I've had people tell me I don't want you on my resume, and the minute they said that, I realized I'm going to have a company where people are proud to put us on their resume. Mm-hmm. I want a company where if you if you have CJ advertised on your resume and you apply for another job, you will get that job. I want to look good on people's resume. And that's weird for a, sometimes a, a employer to say, but I want you to leave here and go anywhere. Now, I'd rather you stay here and go anywhere, <laughs> but if, if you leave here, I want you to be able to go anywhere. In fact, when people leave here and go to another job, we, we thank them and we send a gift to them When they've arrived at the other job, saying good luck, because I am truly for that person's growth, and Mm -hmm. one day they may come back and grow with us.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so,
0: it it it, the point is, people's growth becomes your company's growth, and that's what culture is all about.
2: That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, this whole discussion has been so inspiring, and I'm sure everybody's had so many aha moments about culture, and it's so related to the experience you offer your employees absolutely goes out to your customers and so this was hugely valuable so thank you so much for being here and you know if people do want to reach out if they want to learn more how can they find you online
0: uh www.worthdoingwrong.com That's www.worthdoingwrong.com, That's www.worthdoingwrong.com which is my message about culture just just be pur- you there's no wrong answer as long as you do it on purpose and for a reason the only wrong answer is to have a give them something to cry about attitude as opposed to give them something to grow about attitude. (laughs)
2: Mm. Nice. Very nice. nice. Yes.
0: Drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, Hey, Arnie, thank you so much. This has been fantastic and I love your message. So just great stuff all around. So we appreciate it. Thanks
0: for having me. Have a great day. Thanks Arnie.
2: Adam, I really like the idea about being paid to read. So I'm going to start sending you an invoice whenever I read a book. <laughs>
1: okay, that sounds good. I will absolutely uh, be responding to those invoices. <laughs> uh, look for those responses, and please don't post them on social media. They may not be appropriate.
2: <laughs> I love that idea of really engaging people through books, and I love how he's you he's rolled that out so that there anybody can sign up for that. Anybody can figure out how to do that with their own teams. Such a, an awesome takeaway from this episode, I think.
1: Jeannie, readers are leaders. Have you heard that?
2: I have heard that. And that's why my New Year's resolution is to read a book.
1: To read a <laughs> book. Oh, shoot for the stars, Jeannie Walters. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Oh. That's a big, audacious.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> big, hairy, audacious. Yeah, skull. exactly. I'm going to read a book this year.
2: <laughs> just one i'm gonna read a
1: book before we're finished talking Jeannie. that's what i'm talking about
2: <laughs> but you can't multitask Why? multitasking is dead
1: that's true but i can micro switch with the best of them
2: oh my goodness all right, <laughs> all, right. <Woo-hoo.
1: laughs> all right hey th- this
2: is how it's gonna be in 2018
1: folks <laughs> <laughs> delirious <laughs> well you know what no this is uh this was a really good episode and I read more everybody this is our takeaway mm-hmm seriously <laughs> encourage your people to read more uh if you like read be your customer's hero i'm not saying you should uh or worth doing wrong because that's mm-hmm. a great book but yeah. well, seriously i mean you know it's really what i want to think about the frontline employees i've worked with over the years and one of the things that always separated uh, the ones that moved through the ranks, the ones that advanced, were they were readers. They were curious. They were mm-hmm. even even if they weren't reading books, they were you know trying to improve themselves. Right, and it, it right. really does matter. And the fact that uh, you know Arnie is basically weaponized reading as a cultural tool <laughs> is just incredible. So yeah, I love this stuff. And make sure to check out the show notes for all of those links.
2: There you go. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We so appreciate you being here listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are still a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, then check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. It's all on demand at C csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at CXcontent.com, or check out my LinkedIn Learning course, Creating a Positive Customer Experience, on LinkedIn Learning or Lynda.com. And I'm Adam
1: DePork, and you can learn more about me, our customer service workshops and training, as well as our online and virtual training, for customer service at CustomersThatStick.com.
2: Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.